I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so Jace, I am. Uh, I've been scrambling today. I'm. I'm back at my southern home, southern lair. So I was. I woke up this morning. I was getting excited about our podcast today because we got uh, Matthew 24 and 25 coming up. It's a great text. Uh, <laughs> most people don't like it, but when you're a preacher, you know, text like that excites you. So I get up and I, and all of a sudden, just outside my house. I hear this loud, I mean, it's like a chainsaw on steroids. So I walk outside and there's a bunch of guys and they've got concrete saws and jackhammers. And they decided today to fix all the curbs in my neighborhood. Mm. I think you may be living in a yuppie neighborhood. (laughs) Well, you talk about loud. Uh, I I never have done a lot of... uh, concrete saws and jackhammers but uh let me just tell you it's loud so i called our old buddy anthony down at peninsula and i said hey you still got a place down there i might could come do a podcast today and he said yeah come on so i'm in that same room you and i were in this past summer so are you playing golf after the podcast that's the question you know it would be a great story if that were true but no unfortunately (laughs) i don't have enough daylight left once this is all said and done a weird form of torture if you're a golfer and you go do a podcast from a golf course and you're watching people tee off out the window, but you never play. Yeah, literally, I've never literally right one. over my right shoulder, Jays, they're teeing off as we speak right down number one on Marsh, which Sound we know like so well. like going to your favorite restaurant and just watching other people eat. Yeah, I've never <laughs> done, I've never done golf. I did. No. Tommy asked me to go one round with him over in Texas. Oh, you and did I, it? Is there footage of this? No, they was it ended up wasn't worth footage. Uh was this before the development of a camera? No cameras. And I, I just walked it all out with him and chased the ball and all that stuff. Did y'all have electricity at this time? Oh yeah, but oh, you know, okay, it was a first so. class deal, but I was the <laughs> he just said, Let's see what you got there. So I went through the rigors of that one round, but I left there saying this probably would be fun if you knew how to do it. Yeah. But when you don't know how to do it, it was You know just, what, Phil? That's very profound and true. Just a fiasco. I see people that go out there that have absolutely zero skills and that they're so frustrated. Yeah. I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, you're not good enough to be mad. I told him, I said, I have nothing against you for doing this, but leave me out when it comes to this particular sport. I'm yeah. out. I'm out. Yeah. So I tried it one time. That's it. It was a laugh. And we all <laughs> laughed. Well, I tell you, I'd, I'd pay a lot of money if I could have seen that, like if somebody would have filmed it. I mean, it goes without saying, if I had started from a young boy swinging at golf clubs, I'd be fair, you know. Yeah. And you play the game and you know, you know score, all right, I got a 64, okay. <laughs> but but now, but you go long enough like I was, I was 60 years old and I said, well, let me see that. Oh, this was fairly recently. Yeah, that was 15 years ago. Oh, where was I at? I don't know. I don't even know what I was doing there. Yeah. I'd have gone on the golf course. <laughs> That's the bigger question is why yeah. were you there? Yeah. Well, Tommy Tommy was a pretty good golfer, Jace. We played with Tommy yeah. a few times. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. But typically, if you're athletic, you can swing a club. You're not be good, but, I mean, you can usually get, you know, hit the ball. If you've got some form of athleticism, Willie told me one time y'all were in Minnesota, he was doing something. Y'all were on a doing a speaking di- gig, Dad, and he said he was hitting some balls, and you came out there, and he said you teed one up and hit about three hundred plus yards just the first time you ever swung a golf club. That's what he said. Yeah, I, I mean, you remember I, that? I would hit a straight one every once in a while, <laughs> but it would take practice to do that every time. Exactly. Too too much too much practice and too much time learning how. So I said, no. Nah. So what'd you do this weekend? Well, we mainly we've got water being pumped twenty four seven because we're in the split for we're every in the one split. of you duck hunter followers. We we like dry years, but we need majority of the land at least four to twelve inches deep, which we don't have at this current time because it's been pretty dry. Well, we so, came up with a slogan the first week of the split 
Al, do you know what it is? No, if what you, is it? If you flood it, they will come. Yeah. It's we got two problems over there as far as the kind of hunting we do. There is a almost one hundred percent, not quite. There's about three to five percent of the trees down there that have acorns. Now that's over ninety percent of them, all trees, big trees. There's no acorns, none. Burl said in Colorado, no acorns, no acorns on the trees. So it's a nationwide well, my, phenomenon. Well, my buddy in Kansas, he they got acorns. Do they? Yeah. There you go. And guess what else they got? Ducks. Yeah. We're out of acorns, so the woodies are not there like they usually are in masses. So our primary duck, go-to duck is a woody when all else fails, but now... Well, it, we have grass, grass patches. We're flooding grass. Yeah, but you got to have food and water. Yep. So what did you preach on this Sunday? Well, you don't preach. You just kind of talk, right? I basically, I told him yesterday that I'm not a bona fide. Somebody told me that I actually was, but uh, but so I may be a preacher, <laughs> you know, as far as the, the government is concerned. They would probably say he's a he's a preacher, but I, I don't even claim that much about that. But anyway, so I you spoke, said I'm not a. <laughs> I spoke on the resurrection because there was a guy there. Uh, some woman said there's a guy that wants to uh, talk to you, Mr. Robinson. So I go back there. This is before we started meeting, you know, and sing a few songs and whatever. And he when he when he stood up, he said he'd been watching our podcast. And this basically was his last hope. He said he was thinking about taking his own life. So oh, wow. I'm not going to mention his name, but I know this. So what, he, was he, he from around here? Or? Florida. Oh, he really? Florida. Drove so, from Florida. Drove from Florida. And uh, in tears, he told me, I, I have nowhere to go. I've lost all hope. So I said, you sit down. And I said, Burl's going to sit and talk to you. Old Burley Dane, the duck hunt's with us. So he sat down with him, make sure he understood Jesus and what he's done for him. So he came to a knowledge of the truth. He repented and Burl baptized him. And uh, they went out and had a meal. And he just wanted to thank us. Thank you, y'all. I thank all of us for taking the time out to point people to Jesus because he was without hope and was saying, what's, what's, what's the use? So we showed him that he does have worth. Just stay the course, follow God, and you'll be okay. And then I spoke on the resurrection from 1 Corinthians 15 because some of the Corinthians were saying there is no resurrection. That's just too far-fetched. So the Apostle Paul addressed that. Starts with the gospel. Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And then the, the exact wordage was, now, if it's preached that there's a resurrection of the dead, how come some of y'all saying there is no resurrection? I've often said, because I've unfortunately, or I guess fortunately through God's eyes, had to talk with people who are struggling with suicide thoughts. And yep, but we see there's, it a, a, lot. there's a lot of Bible verses because God made this spiritual death connection. You know, I think I think about that. Second Timothy two, when he said, "Here's a trustworthy saying: If we die with him, we will also live with him." And you think about all the verses that say, "You know, anyone would who would come after me must deny himself." And or when Jesus said, "Bring your cross and take up your cross." Yeah, and where was that? The the one in Philippians where he says, when Paul said he made the reference of dying with Christ. What was that? Philippians two. 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. Yeah. And you think Romans 6 where it says, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. So I've told people when they're, I think God uses that as a draw because they're thinking, well, I just want to end my physical life. And then all of a sudden they hear about God's grace and Jesus on a cross, being the ultimate sacrifice, innocent, dying for them, being resurrected, and they're like, oh, I can actually die a spiritual suicide in Christ and keep living. Yep. And not only that, 
you'll live forever. Then when it comes to the physical, it's the opposite of suicide, which is you get your body resurrected. Yep. I mean, I just think that's that's neat the way God knew there would be some people out there thinking, I just can't, I can't go on, I can't go on. And then he offered a way to to spiritually die and start yep. over. Yep. It was so great, that's good. good. Yeah, that that's good. Well, it's pretty neat to be able to think that you play a role in, you know, giving somebody words of life, literally. literally. I mean, just think about it. I mean, what we've been talking about on here has opened up a doorway and an opportunity, you know, for this guy to understand there's something deeper. Yep. We get a lot of questions from people about suicide. And, you know, there's different. I guess there's different circumstances for everything. Sometimes people are suffering from some kind of, you know, mental problem. Sometimes people get on a certain uh, medicine and it makes them go crazy. We've had some people before at WFR that just, you know, they weren't themselves and they took their lives. And a lot of people said, well, that's it. You know, there's no way to have hope for that. But I just don't believe that's true. I mean, the Bible, I, I don't have any different from some other physical ailment that gives you these issues or problems. So I always say the best thing for anybody is hope. I never want to take that away from people. So to somehow have this, you know, kind of a legalistic thing that will, you know, if the last act you commit is a sin, there's no way you can be in heaven. That That's looking at it from the old way that somehow works or what saves us. So, you know, I get a lot of questions about it and I've answered several emails, but this is one of those situations I, since, you know, we were talking about it, that it's a little more complex than that in terms of, what goes on in people's minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think about that. Uh, Galatians two twenty is another one, which it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God. He loved me and gave himself for me. So when you think about it, Jesus gave his life for us, he allowed that to happen. Interesting point since you brought it up right there in Matthew 24 and Matthew 25, what everybody seems to forget the kingdom was not there yet. Our King has not become King yet. He has to die, be buried and raised from the dead. But he said it was near several it, it was, times. It's, it, oh, it's said it over and over and over and over. It's near. But when you read, we read what Mark said, first sentence, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning. But he has not to the end yet because he hasn't died yet. When you get to Matthew 24, before you get there, just think about another little statement of Mark's. The time has come, he said. Where's that at? This is in Mark chapter 1. So when you want to talk about time, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Well, when you get to Matthew 24, the kingdom of God has not come yet. They've got to go up. They've got to wait in Jerusalem. They're going to receive power. And that's when Jesus is talking about returning. He's in Matthew 24 and 25. He's going to return in power, uh, hurricane force winds, everybody speaking in the, the language of the entire world. There is a big happening in Acts chapter 2 after Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead, not before. So that's what he's, and I'll go through it with you step by step. Hang on, Dad. Let's take a break. It won't take long to get through this. Uh, the Roman Empire was ruled by two uh, emperors, Augustus, when Jesus was born, about 17 or 18 years later, Tiberius took over. Jesus lived his life under these two Roman Empire big dogs. He lived his life. Then he died, was buried, and raised from the dead. The promised kingdom of Daniel 2. Daniel said, four empires after years, Nebuchadnezzar, four after years is when the king will come. He will establish a kingdom that will last forever. 
Matthew 24, this has not happened yet because he's going up to Jerusalem and the chief priests and teachers of the law that he's arguing with and talking about the destruction of the temple. Not only did he do away with the temple, literally rock after rock removed all the way to the bottom. Josephus, the historian, said when the gold melted and the fire got hot, when they finally set the whole thing afire, they breached the, the walls and they set a big fire. Well, what happened was all that golden stuff that was in there that the Jews had in the temple ran down in the cracks of them uh, of the stones, Al, and they yeah. were tearing them away one at a time to get to that gold. That's how one stone was not left on top of another one. So where did he say that on the one stone not left on? He said it a couple places. Do you have that, Al? Somewhere. Well, it starts right there in, in uh, Matthew 24, 1 yep. and 2. He says it. Oh, okay. He says, well, yeah, he left the temple, was walking away, and his disciples came up to him, oh, to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. i tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. So I read, that- I read the same thing about that history, which, look, when you read, what happened in Jerusalem in A.D. 70, which it was a war that lasted from when? 66 to 73, I think. Yeah, yeah. But in 70, they got the temple. Yeah. And and that's how I read the same thing, That because a fire broke out. They're in there getting all the, all the loot. And the question that was that they asked Jesus when he said, not one stone will be left on top of another one. What what they said was, when when's that going to happen? When is that going yeah. to happen? So it wasn't like a thousand years from now, some people say. Well, it happened pretty quickly after that. Well, yeah. So to, in order to establish a new kingdom, the old kingdom has to go. Well, the final crushing of the Jews and their hard-headedness and their stubbornness. God not only brought us out from under the law, he brought us out from under the place where the law was coming from. It's from their own midst, the Jews. Jesus is way over here. He's the one that authorized, he's the one that wrote the law of Moses, but none of them kept it. And he says, not only will I get you out from under the law, there will be no temple for you, for the law to come forth from. How do you know and, that? And what, he, uh, and what he's saying is, from now on, from Acts chapter 2, after he died, was buried, and raised from the dead, that's the gospel of the kingdom that was established with power. The day of Pentecost, there was a lot of power going on there. You can't have a kingdom without a king. So that's when the kingdom that we're members of started. And guess what? Instead of a building, Jace quoted the other day in that Hebrews 3, we are the house of God. And in 2 Corinthians, check this out, 2 Corinthians about 6. Let, let me see, and then I'll shut up. Let's well, see. I was just trying, before while you're looking that up, you know, I asked Missy, I was like, what do you think about Matthew 24? And she said, it's very hard to understand. Because she she's familiar with, you know, all of a sudden he draws attention to this temple, and he makes that statement, which I he says it in John and Mark. I yep. didn't, I actually didn't, didn't realize I had forgotten that he said it here too about the not one stone will be left on another. So if you do the math, he's what is he thirty three here, Al? Close to it, thirty two or thirty three. Yep. Now the calendar's kind of wonky. I don't want to get into that, but they say two, three you years know, either way. Yeah, maybe four. Not much. So, so roughly, what is that? Forty years later, after this statement, there literally was not one stone left on another. Yeah. So when Jesus does away with the Roman, uh, with the uh, Jewish so-called empire, and the temple comes down. How do you uh, evaluate the text like the Apostle Paul is talking? What agreement is there between the temple of God and the, and the, and idols? 
For we are, we are the temple of the living God. Well, to have a kingdom of the living God, you say, who's the king? The one who died, was buried, and raised from the dead. That's how he became the king of the kingdom. And everything we do and go around, we're the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live with them. He's done with the hard-headed Jews and the, and the, and the, the stone temple. He's done with that. That's over. He's done away with that. And we walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate. Live a godly life in Christ Jesus, and love God and love your neighbor are the tenets of the temple of God, which Jesus brought forth, and it's us. And that way, that knocks you worrying about all this time on when's it going to happen. Look, you know, it wasn't the second coming when he, when this went down. We're still here. The kingdom of God is still here. I'm talking to two members of it. Here we are, and many more like us. And you say, we never did look at y'all and think of you as a kingdom. You say, our king is at the right hand of God mediating for us. Acts chapter 1 getting close to the exact time, when will this be? He said, wait right here. Wait right here. What about the kingdom, Lord? Wait right here. You'll receive power, and you'll understand it. Jesus came in power, in spirit. I mean, miraculous events were happening, just jumping up and down. The people but, are all like, what in the world? But well, I think the reason this is so confusing to people is because the implications, a lot of what, what he's talking about here mirrors what will happen when, when he comes back. I mean, there's no doubt the application is the same, but, but we know it but, wasn't the second coming because we're still sitting here and he hasn't shown up. Well, yet. We, we don't even think it. I mean, he it's what he in verse 37 of 23, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets, and, and stone those who sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks. Under He's saying, I hate to do this willing. to you. I hate to do well, this to you. Well, and it wasn't him directly. You know, the Romans, when you read what happened in that siege, which is very depressing. And But I, I, would, I would give advice if people are trying to understand Matthew 23, 24, and 25, they need to go read. What happened? I read the Josephus account, who was a part of the siege where the Romans came in. I mean, they were they were in a war, not unlike any other war that's been in the history of mankind. But this was all centered around the Jewish people protecting their religion, and but they were doing it not for the name of Jesus. Here's a great text. And the, and the Romans come in and a scrap broke out and then starvation started happening for months. And finally, I mean, you read the whole thing. It's a depressing war. So look, by the time you hang, get hang to... Hang on, Dan. Hang on, Dan. Let's take a break. So this winter, we want to... Uh, update you on your daily routine with one of our sponsors bespoke post because they have a seasonal lineup of their box of awesome collections which i look forward to every month when it shows up jace you have one of um, the knives that they sent in uh there you go in uh, my last uh my last box that came in jace i mean how the rednecks and knives can you have too many knives i mean this this is is like do you ever reach a limit this is the season to clean deer. That's right. So, you, and there's a season for everything, right? Yeah. So you got to have a knife for that. So I love the stuff that comes. What you do when you want to check these guys out because they're going to send it to your house. You go to boxofawesome.com. You're going to take a little quiz because they're going to find out what you like because some people like some of their cooking stuff. Some people like us like their knives and other you know products like that. It's free to sign up. And you can skip a month. You can cancel any time. The box is 45 bucks, but they always have over $70 worth of gear. So it's a really good deal. You get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code Phil 
at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Use the code field, 20% off your first box, and get ready for some box of awesome. By the time you get to Matthew 26, those who had arrested Jesus, he said they were going to do that, uh, took him to Cephas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance right up to the courtyard of the high priest. We were, we're, we were at that temple again. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence. Jesus said they were going to do that. That's why I brought it up when we were back in Matthew 24, uh, speaking about these things. I brought it up that, remember, this is before Jesus died, was buried and raised from the dead. Now we're even closer. They brought up false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, which was the reason he came, but they didn't know that. But they did not find any. Though many false witnesses came forward, they're all liars, but they're in doing this inside that structure that Jesus said will come down. So watch. Finally, Two came forward, this is Matthew 26, verse 61, and declared. Now watch what they say, Al. This fella, that's what they call the king. This fella said, I'm able to destroy, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. He's an idiot. He's a nut. That's what they're saying about Jesus as this thing unfolds. Well, that tells you right there, whatever's fixing to happen is fixing to happen in a hurry. That's why Mark said in 9-1, he said, these things will surely come to pass, but some of you will see this before you die. You're going to witness well, this. Well, he even says that in 24, in verse 32, he said, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. i tell you the truth. Here's the key statement. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Yeah. So look, back I mean, to— what, what, what do you think that means? Well, it, it, Jesus in Matthew 26— after I just got through saying, they got through saying, uh, he's saying he's going to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer? What's this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. He's, like, he's got to push this through. The high His death and his resurrection. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God, which was the whole problem they had. Yes, it is as you say. I am basically, he's saying, I am the king of the kingdom. Watch. Jesus replied, but I say to all of you in the future, after he dies or during right after his death, burial and resurrection, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Well, I think that's when Jesus said, Adios, when they asked about the kingdom, he said, wait right here, you'll receive power. And he took off into the clouds. And you well, say, and the next time he showed up was when the wind started at at uh, hurricane force winds, people speaking in all the languages yeah, of the world. Too. And the gospel begins to be preached. And 3,000 were the first members of the kingdom of God. And it's still here to this day. And three of us are talking about it. I think most people, when they read this and you start bringing up the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, people don't, they don't, they're not familiar with that. That's why I recommended. Jace, it was a death it. blow, a death blow to the Jews and their thinking. Yeah. He said, I'm going to bring the whole apparatus, not only the law, but the temple and my people, that's going to be my house and my temple. Yeah. And I'm going to work through them. And it's a very powerful thing. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The name of this is unashamed. You say three members of the kingdom of God talking it over. 
I'm not waiting for thousands of years before Jesus to set up the kingdom. He's, yeah, already, trying, he's already done that. Well, I'm just trying to explain it for people who may not be familiar with all this to simplify it because it seems a little overwhelming and complex. Not one stone will be left on top of another. And he pointed at a structure, a man-made structure. When the smoke cleared about 30 years, 30 to 40 years later, when the smoke cleared, there was not one stone left on top of another, that thing. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah, in, well, you in, say, Al. In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Yeah, at the temple. Yeah. Because he says it, and then the disciples ask him, when is this going to happen? And what's the When's sign coming to down? let us know? When's it coming right. down? And so the rest of 24, most of the rest of 24 is him telling them that. That's correct. You know, it, now, we know it's not the second coming, as you mentioned earlier, because in the second coming, he says, you won't know when that's going to happen. That's right. Right. And, so and so we know this is unique be, to this situation. And the earth will not be blown away and be bare. Uh, the description of Second Peter, that's when Jesus shows up. The entire cosmos is going to be swept away out way bigger than the destruction of Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to sweep it away and I'm going to put a new, give you a new home of righteousness. So I guess what about when, when you read in verse 30 Al, of 24, and it says, at that time the, sun, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Because this is right after all this, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not be given its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. So we're saying he's quoting that Isaiah as kind of an apocalyptic viewing of what's fixed to happen here in that, that's right 30 something years but then it says the son of man will appear in the sky and the nations of the earth will mourn they will see the son of man coming with clouds of the sky with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end to the other so what i'm saying is when somebody reads that they're they're like well, what are you talking about that is the it's got to be coming. the end of time Right. 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 And and the only thing I could say, you, you mentioned it. I mean, it's mentioned all through Isaiah and Jeremiah, different places about this language of the idea of God coming down in time, I in time, you know, having a judgment, you know, because later on he's going to mention uh, Noah and the flood. I mean, that was the same idea, same concept. But but I would say, as you keep reading. When you get down to 34, as dad mentioned earlier, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Yeah, that's why I read that earlier. That, that's why when he appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, Jesus himself appeared. Well, let's see. I guess that's his second coming then because he came back and he got old Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. What, what return was that? I mean, where's that fit in in all this? You're like, who was it that said, you know, what are you doing? Or, you know, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Well, what coming is that? What my point is, the final coming of Jesus, it, it, the whole world's going to know about it, Al. It's going to be way more than the temple coming down. He's going to take it all down and start all over again. Uh, and he's going to... Uh, He's going to give us looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. That's, just, what, that's the result for, of the final coming of Jesus. For the people who are new. Hang to on, Jay. Let's take another break. So, Jace, we love our couches. That's uh, fair to say. Jace and I prefer the couch. We like to watch our TV, watch our stocks. Well, I don't watch stocks, but Jace does. Uh, one of our uh, sponsors, uh, a group, Helix Mattresses, has started a new company uh, called All Form. And we've already, we talk about their mattresses, how great they are, but they also make fantastic sofas and chairs that are shipped right to your door. Uh, we love them. The ones I, I have one in my house, I use it. I actually, Lisa and I put it together in just a few minutes, which is saying a lot because I'm not very good at doing things like that. So we love ours. I think you'll love it too. Um, you get to try it for a hundred days to make sure you want to keep it. That's a little more than three months. Uh, they'll pick it up for a full refund, but trust me, you're not going to be sending this one back. They have a forever warranty. So if something goes wrong with it, uh, they'll replace it. 
To find your perfect sofa, check out allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M dot com slash unashamed. You're going to get 20% off all orders just for listening to this podcast. So that's allform.com slash unashamed and get that couch coming to your house. For the people who are new, new to the faith, you know, we're, we're giving you all these, I guess, arguments on on disagreements that people have on what this means. But Phil was referencing, there's a verse in Hebrews 9, 27, that says, just as man is destined to die once and after that face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. There's his death, burial, and resurrection. Well, but I just want to get this phrase. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So a lot of people believe in Matthew 24 that this is talking about Jesus' second coming. The same one the Hebrew writer is referring to. The problem with that is he just said in 34, Matthew, that this generation won't pass away until you see this happen. So you're, it becomes confusing because he's using the same language as Jesus coming on the clouds. But you got to remember where this started. He was They were looking at some buildings. And he said, you see these buildings? And he points to the temple and says, not one stone will be left on another. And it's not something that he didn't mention before. Those other passages that, that I referenced before, or was that in John when he said, uh, you know, they thought he was crazy because he, yeah, John 2, the disciples uh, came to him and Jesus, I think the Jews had, had said, what miraculous sign can you show to prove your authority over all this? Because that's when he cleared the temple, cleared the temple. You see that theme here. Yeah. And Jesus answered, well, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And the Jews replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. So they're at, we're back. This is John 2, and this was early on. Yep. And they're trying to get their head wrapped around this, but Jesus knew there would come a day in 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 a recent Period of time. And they didn't think he had the power uh, or the know it the knowledge that that's going to happen. They said they're going to get rid of the. Well, right. That thing's not going to fall down, not ever. Look and, at it. And the bottom line is, the the Jewish nation at that time at Jerusalem, due to old fashioned selfishness, were not acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God. And to this day, they remain. Well, in general, yeah. They but, remain I mean, uh, hard-headed. Yeah, well, in general. But the point is, because of that, what happened? When Jesus is not your Lord, what happens? Sin usually reigns. You put your faith and trust in created things rather than the Creator. And, and we know where we're going with this. So here they are worshiping this temple instead of the one who built the temple. And I mean by that, the atoms and the molecules that created the universe. Because look, that's why in Matthew 24, look, this is a verse I use. I probably shouldn't, but in, in a funny way, just about a general truth in life that Matthew 24 and verse 28, I mean, I've used this a hundred times, but it says wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. So, here you have a dead, you know, without Jesus, we're dead. So here. Well, but, but I want to make a point. So who are the vultures here? I believe it's the Romans who came in and God used them or allowed it to happen. Didn't yep. stop it from happening yep. to create mayhem and misery in Jerusalem. Yep. That's all so here's a wonderful text to sum it all up. Peter's talking in First uh, Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, now watch how this reads, the living stone. You're like, I wonder why he would say that. He's the living stone. Rejected by men, we read about it in Matthew 24, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, check this out, Jace, 
like living stones. We're the reverse of the stone removal. We're added to the building, which is the kingdom of God. Now watch. You also like living stones. Check this out. We're lowly rednecks, Jace. we got to admit it. We're being built into a spiritual house to be, uh-oh, we're also priests, a holy priesthood, not like that first one, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, not worrying about picking a few grains of wheat up on a Saturday and you're like, oh, 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 you're doing on a, what are you doing? Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for in scriptures it says, I lay a stone with stones in mind in Zion, a chosen and precious stone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, well, here's your Jews again and any Gentile. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. They stumbled because they disobeyed the message that was when they was talking to the Jews, and to this day, Jew or Gentile, which is also what they were destined for. But you, here we are again, a chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, a people belonging to God, so you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. We're the temple of the living God instead of a building which is here today and gone tomorrow. We will be here forever. And I'm about three quarters fired up about the whole thing. <laughs> Let's take our last break, Jason. <laughs> Well, it's a temple that can't be destroyed by a fire. I love it. Or because you possess the Holy Spirit. That's We're why, stones. That's why when Peter preached that sermon and said it was impossible for death to keep its hold on Jesus, and you, because we have the same spirit that he does, and what we made reference to that. And now, why that would spiritual Peter... suicide? But you have God's spirit, the same spirit, Romans 8 11, that caused Jesus come back to life is living in us it will give life to our mortal body so you think about any kind of war though. why would peter peter use those rocks as a teaching point about the real kingdom of god the building of god and the, the a priesthood royal priesthood holy nation chosen people brick at a time brick at a time but it's people the kingdom of god works through people jesus in us we in jesus telling people that it's, they can live forever if they put their faith in him. Well, to get back to the context here, so what do you, I mean, I don't really have a problem when people go here and they preach this as the second coming, although I think they should say he was specifically talking about what was going to happen in Jerusalem. But that doesn't mean, because I think a lot of people are uncomfortable drawing attention to what happened in AD 70 because they think, well, so you're saying none of this is dealing with the second coming. I mean, the discussions I've had and people have gotten hot, you know, they're like, cause they're preaching that these are the signs of what's going to happen. Second should in, not in, be used. in the future. That you have but, the but I'm saying this is real. This is, I would say most religious people, Al believe and have preached sermons saying that Jesus right here is talking about something that has yet yet not happened in our society. Would you agree with that? No, I agree hundred percent. And uh, I mean, eschatology is what it's called. This is the, one of the biggest things going with a lot of groups, but I do think they miss it. Although, like you said, Jace, I mean, the application is fine. The, the, Jesus is coming back. He is yep. coming back with angels. Yep. I mean, we do have texts that tell us that. But I'm like you. I think you miss something if you look at the context of this. And it's clear, Matthew 24, he's talking about one specific thing. He's talking about the end of a kingdom. In fact, Dad, you've mentioned it before in Daniel. 
I mean, he specifically lays out yep. who's going to be in charge when this goes down. Yep. So you can't really make that application all the way to the end of time, even though when you get over into Matthew 25, which we'll talk about more next time, he is giving you some application that, look, just like they were needed to be ready for what was coming for them in the destruction of Jerusalem, we have to be ready for when he's going to come back, whenever that is. So yeah, mis- application is fine. I mean, that's what's what misleading is when they say second. They should say there is a final. But they're appeal. getting that from Hebrews nine. It does say he will appear a second time. Yeah, that, that that's yep. where they're getting. That's that. where they're getting. That, it from. That, that's why I read that. Well, but that second it, time is the final time. But they well, they got it. I know. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that's why this is. You know, I I didn't have any prep for this today because this is difficult because most people tend to just jump in this argumentative style because they've been taught this a certain way. Which is okay. But I tell people, look, go read the history of what happened in A.D. 70. Then read the prophecies of, of the ones that were fulfilled in Jesus and then read everywhere Jesus refers to what would happen to the temple. And then just look at it and you say, you know, I believe Jesus accurately depicted what happened. Now, you either got to say that's a crazy coincidence (laughs) or at best it was some kind of shadow that happened in the history of that time that would then implicate sort of what would happen at the final coming of Jesus, which, look, I don't, like I said before, it doesn't really bother me because the bottom line is if you put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus, and you realize that we are the living temple of God, Hebrews 3, that he lives, we house Jesus, which is what they Second were missing. Corinthians 6, we are the temple. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how we get there with Jesus being the center. I really don't. Just as long as we get there. You don't want to have a temple filled with gold that you're protecting and are neglecting and ignoring the Savior of the world, the Son of God. That's what happened. That's what happened there. And look, guess what? That's what's going to happen in this life. There are people who are going to go around and pursue money and power, and I'm talking about earthly power, and Jesus will come back, and they'll look up and say, what happened? Yeah, it'll be the same story. (laughs) So that's why I'm saying it doesn't bother me. But when you read, to be fair to what Matthew is writing, under the influence of the Holy Spirit to not say that they're they're discussing what's going to happen to this temple here. I just don't think it would be fair. And I would say most scholars admit that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's more in the churches and the day to day preaching. It's just so easy to put the fear of the Lord in people by preaching Matthew 24. I mean, you just think about it. It's a scary thing to read. You're like, Oh boy. I mean, and then when you read what happened in AD 70, that was one of the most depressing. You're talking about an R rated movie. Just show what happened in the destruction of the temple when, when Rome first started off By starving the, way, the people for, for mi- months. Millions died over there. And some of them turned into cannibals. And oh. it's a miserable story of what happened and eventually led to the temple being burned to the ground. Never and, and, to be put back. Yeah. So did I miss something? Well, you make a you make a good point, Jace, because when you think about this concept or idea, like one is in the field and one is taken and one is here and one is taken. And so we know how that's kind of played itself out in terms of people looking at it. And there's a fear. You, that's a great point you brought up about fear. But when I look at all the passages in the New Testament that talk to me about salvation, I don't see fear. I see joy at the coming of Jesus. So again, this is a specific event that had a lot of fear and dread associated with it. But even for the believers, they were going to get a sign to know it was about to happen. By the way, Josephus talks about so many believers getting out of Jerusalem before it ever went down because they read the signs and they knew. Yeah, which is what Jesus's point was. I mean, this doesn't nullify Matthew 24 and 25 does not nullify that God loves everybody that he chose a a plan and a person, you know, himself, Jesus, 
to save everybody and that he he sincerely wants to save everybody. But there is an honest truth. If you ignore God, nothing good is going to happen to you. That's it. I mean, you think about it. Nothing good's going to happen. Your life will be will end. It probably won't be very fulfilling. It'll be filled with a lot of ruin and misery. And at the end of the day, you you're you're hopeless. It's it's just over. Stephen had it right when he was in Acts chapter seven, verse forty-eight. However, the most high does not live in houses made by men. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you've betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels but have not obeyed it. That's a pretty good little text to read when we're discussing what we're discussing. You know what? I, I mean, because really, God's looking at that temple saying, so you think you're going to pile up a bunch of rocks right over there, and that's going to make you somebody. God says, you have missed everything. So I'm just saying, Jace, yeah. the more you look at it, the more it adds up to God doesn't live in temples made by hand. He, he lives in us. And we're his, we're his kingdom. And he's our king. And it's going to stay that way until the, the whole thing ends. The final coming, it, it, all this is going to be settled. I think we're on pretty safe ground here. I love the ones who are, you know, got the thing down a thousand years later. You know, he's going to reign a thousand years. I don't believe it. Nope. And I guess to quote our old mentor, Bill Smith, these are things to put in your hmm box yep. just to consider, you know, from our study. So, all right, we're out of time. The patrons here are getting fired up at Peninsula, so I, I guess I better run. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.